Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome everyone to episode 178 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek and today we are done with our division previews. So we're just going to walk through some of the big things we're excited to see this season. The top storylines you should follow throughout the 2018-19 season. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. It's been a, a good week. I started at a new place of employment, or, well... We'll see about that. It's, it's a t- testing out period so far. It's, uh, yeah, it's been going well. Really tired but satisfied, and it's, uh, it's all good. That is very good to hear. Always always celebrate employment in this terrible, terrible industry that we're in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every, every time you have a chance to work with sports, just grab it, hold yeah. on to it, especially if people are paying you. Yeah. Yeah. Or marry a doctor, but marry or, a doctor... That's- Right after they're an actual doctor, yeah. get get through the residency part. That's where I made my mistake. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good one. I fell in love with obviously my wife um, back when we were eighteen. So I didn't have that thought <laughs> right. out. Yeah. yeah. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah. It worked out well for you. You're okay. It did. It did. But yeah, romantically, financially, right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> All right, boy. Let's go in. You know, we, we've talked about every team now over the past mm. month or so, month and a half. So we've hit on you know kind of the niche storylines for every team. But now today we're just gonna give kind of a big picture overview of like the things that we're most excited to watch this season. This is like mm. if you're a casual fan and you just haven't been paying attention to the off season, this is a nice primer to catch you up. If you are a hardcore fan. This is probably already a lot of these things are on the forefront of your mind, but we're going to, you know, we're going to hit the obvious ones. We're going to hit some less obvious ones. We're going to go all over the place. It's going to be good. So, yep. We got to start, obviously. I think the storyline, the number one storyline of the 2018 19 season Mm, is. I agree. Boban Marjanovic. Well, it's it's in LA. (laughs) It's certainly in LA, but it's LeBron James as a Los Angeles Laker. I mean, not only are we interested to see, like, how he does. You know, there was that <laughs> that reporter who asked him recently, like, what do you have to do to prove yourselves to Lakers fans? And he gives her, like, the stone-cold death stare. He's like, 
what the fuck do you mean? What do I have to do? Like, I'm a, I'm a four-time MVP and three-time champion. Like, he said, like, I'm pretty secure with what I bring on the court. Which, is like, yes. He doesn't need to do anything. You know, like, right. whatever happens, LeBron's going to go down as a top two player of all time. He could retire tomorrow yep. and he'd be there. But yep. that said, I'm still excited to see not only how he develops in L.A. and, like, how the Lakers fare, but, like, his impact on the young kids. I want to see, like, does Brandon Ingram take that next step forward? He said, you know, LeBron has said, like, Brandon Ingram's next, basically. Like, mm. he's been playing with Brandon Ingram. He thinks Brandon Ingram is, like, has that type of upside where he's going to be a top 20, 25 player in the NBA sooner than later. How does he right. affect Lonzo Ball? How does Lonzo Ball work, you know, now that he gets to operate off the ball more, which is something we were advocating for last year? How does he mm. affect Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart? And then, like, these random, the cast-offs, you know, the Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee. Seeing how all of that meshes together is going to be fascinating. And, like, I know, you know, there's probably some LeBron fatigue because he's just been the preeminent storyline, really, for the last decade in the NBA, but... You know, this is much different than him carrying a lifeless Cavaliers team throughout last season. Like, this is genuinely interesting. Yeah, I I would agree entirely with you on that one. There has definitely been LeBron fatigue, especially in Cleveland, also because, like, it was Cleveland. Right. Like, have you ever gotten that call? Who, you want to go to Cleveland? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all right, joking, Noah. Like, no, it's just, it was so uninteresting because of the supporting cast, mostly. Um, Like, he he never really had, you know, some interesting players to play alongside. You can argue Kyrie, who's an exciting player in and of himself, but, yeah, I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't pique a lot of people's interest. But here in L.A., mostly because it's a big market, that, you know, the... the, It's filled with traditions and kings of the game and all this, I mean... There's just a layer of excitement. I, I, I do feel, though, that the level of excitement decreased when they signed Rondo mm-hmm. and signed Lance. And I, mm-hmm. I know a, pe- a lot of people are going, no, oh, but that's why I'm tuning in. That's going to be fun. <laughs> right. and, and, you know, me too, to some extent. But I you know, I would always prefer uh, a legitimate basketball group than I want the SciShow. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in to see, you know, Rondo McGee LAU plays or whatever and see how, how they can be botched. Mm-hmm. But that that's not really, like, the, the primary drive. I would have loved to see LeBron come to L.A. and have a supporting cast that is probably a little bit less cron- controversial. Yeah, but, like, that's also somewhat interesting. Is like, can, oh, yeah, like, it can is. he get these guys to coalesce and, like, become something greater than they were? Some, yes. Others, yeah. probably not. I don't have a lot of faith in Lance, Lance Stevenson. Right. Neither do I. I think, yeah, I think that's the one guy that's probably not going to end up buying in. I feel Michael mm-hmm. Beasley has bought in, like, over yeah. the last couple of years. Yep. He just seems to be stuck with a bad rep now. Yeah. Um, JaVale, I think he got everything straightened out with his career after joining the, the Warriors. Yep. Rondo... You know, he he wasn't really a major problem. It's just that his on-court abilities just no longer match up to what his mind wants to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still so goddamn brilliant. Right. But I don't think his body can really, you know, do what his mind sets himself out to, take, to, to do. I don't think there's a correlation between those two factors anymore. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be 
like I'm excited to see how he operates next. You know, he got to play next to Drew last year, but like when he was on mm. the court, he was mostly the primary ball handler. Right. With Lonzo and with LeBron, he's going to get to play off the ball more too, and like he can still be a pretty good cutter. I mean, the shooting is not mm. great. You know, it was it was a little better last year, but it's still not. You know, the teams are going to leave him open from deep, but just. I mean, they, the Lakers have the potential to play a really entertaining style of basketball with how many ball handlers and passers they have on the floor. Right. How it how it comes together, it's anyone's guess, but it's going to be really interesting to see. Who's going to shoot the ball, though? <laughs> Beasley. Uh, no, I mean, KCP, Josh Hart, Svee, if he gets minutes. But, I mean, can we agree right off the bat that that's probably the Achilles heel of this team? Oh yeah, three point shooting. For yeah, sure. and and can we also agree that the way you maximize LeBron is you surround him by pure shooters? Well, you know that's what they said, and they like looked at Cleveland and they said that's what Cleveland did, but they also didn't have like many versatile wings and they didn't have multiple ball handlers, so they wanted to try something new. It's gonna, you know, right? I don't know if that's but gonna there's... work, but we'll see. Right, but there's a difference though because in Cleveland, when you when you surrounded LeBron with pure shooters, you surrounded him with just pure shooters, like right. guys who couldn't really do anything else, mm-hmm. and that's a problem. Like you need multifaceted players. Yeah, and I just looking at the Lakers right now, I wonder if if they have that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's on your mind heading into the season? Boban. Look, <laughs> I'm. I am so pissed that Boban Marjanovic has never played ten minutes a game mm-hmm. in a season. Uh, I mean, or you know, over averaged 20, uh, 10 minutes a game over the course of a season. Like, I I need this dude to to get some minutes. I know that he's horrendous defensively. I don't care. <laughs> he's look look at his numbers. Like, it doesn't matter. He's James Hardening this thing up. Like, he's he's putting up like what? Let, let me just check these numbers here. Like, from a career standpoint, 23 points and almost 15 rebounds per 36 minutes. I know, he can't stay on the court for 36 minutes. But still, like, his production level is insane. It doesn't matter that he, he's a, you know, not a great defender, as I said. He can just produce. And honestly, I'm not expecting big things from the Clippers either. Just go out and, and give Boban, like, 15, 20 minutes and see what he can do. More Boban is good for the league. I agree. I hope we actually get to see it. I'm skeptical because they, you know, the Clippers, I think, are just going to be interesting in general because we talked about this in their division preview, kind of like how they're just a team in transition. Like, mm. you know, they they got tangentially involved in Jimmy Butler trade talks. It doesn't seem like they're getting much traction there because they're apparently not willing to offer up Tobias Harris, who reportedly right. turned down an $80 million extension. Um, you know what like what do they do are they actual playoff contending team i don't know i don't think so i mean like the nope. spurs you know the spurs are probably now out of it because dejunte murray's out for the year with 20 acl and that's just you know oh god brian come on what are they yeah, are they i mean i had them they made know. they made the playoffs with nine games of Kawhi. they, they got demar Rosen. come on I know, but like, who's playing point guard for that team now? Dirk White. You, you think he's a a starting point guard on a playoff caliber team? I think he is a starting caliber on a on a Greg Popovich led team. I mean, that's the you know that's the thing. It's like 
we can put a lot of faith into Pop. But, you know, we had Mason on for that preview, and he rightly mm. pointed out that, like, you're putting a lot of faith in Pop to ask him to get this assortment of players to play above average defense. Yep. Murray was one of their best defenders. They just lost him. I don't know. I mean, if anything, like, the Spurs could still make the playoffs, for sure. But, like, I don't think the Clippers are, you know, if we safely pencil in the Warriors, Rockets, Jazz, Nuggets, Thunder, probably the Lakers, Hmm. probably the Pelicans, you then have a five-team bunch of Portland, San Antonio, Memphis, Dallas, and the Clippers. Are the Clippers really ahead of all of those other teams? And if not, what do they do with the trade deadline? Like, they have a lot of guys on expiring contracts that Gortat is, Bradley has, like, $2 million owed to him next year, so he's effectively expiring. Patrick Beverly, Harris, do they blow up that team? I mean, it depends on what they hear. Of course, no NBA team never knows what free agents are thinking. (laughs) <laughs> right in advance from july 1st obviously so so no it depends on the kind of feedback they get i, I like you have uh mentioned on this podcast repeatedly and rightly so it's that there's going to be so much money available next year mm-hmm. for a very small group of of star caliber players yep so we are in a situation where hopefully <laughs> hopefully uh, the league recognizes that issue, and teams are going to be sign- signing one-year deals again, so they right. don't clock off their cap space with four-year major deals. Um, but but I think it depends entirely on on what happens in the market. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Clippers just break the bank for Tobias mm-hmm. if they if that if he's like the best they can get back. Yeah, I mean because that's just an asset. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just don't see them, you know, dropping out and saying, "Oh, you know, screw it, we'll start over again." Right. Yeah. I mean, if they they'll do what we've advocated before with Blake Griffin, among others, re-sign him just right. to trade him later. But yeah, you you don't want right. to just lose him for nothing if you have the cap space to re-sign him anyway. Right. And, and it should be noted, like if they decided to blow it up, I I wouldn't be. I mean, I would be behind that. I could, I, I could see either way. It's mm-hmm. not like if they kept Tobias and, and wanted to, you know, remain competitive to some extent, that's fine too. But I would totally understand it if they decided to go, oh, you know what? We're building a lot around Shy and Jerome Robinson and Montressel Harrell. We're st- we're just starting over and, and seeing what we can do with a young core. That's yeah. fine. I mean, that's fine too. I think in, and in, in that way, they're actually in a pretty fine spot because they have the luxury of choosing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Uh, speaking of teams that might need to blow it up, I'm interested to see what happens with the Blazers this year. Because they're in a really tricky spot, having right. just been swept by the Pelicans. They're really capped out until 2020. Dame mm-hmm. and CJ are free agents after 2021. Dame met with Paul Allen, the owner, in January 
to get a sense of the organizational direction, according to Chris Haynes. He apparently tried to get a second meeting of May. Uh, someone from the Oregonian reported Dame denied that. But, you know, it, it seems like at least Dame is starting to think, like, can the Blazers build a contender around me? I thought they might get in on Jimmy Butler bidding. I thought yeah. maybe you try to do a CJ for Jimmy swap. I know it's risky. Jimmy could leave after that year. But, you know, they're ceiling. It's worth it. Yeah, like their ceiling feels limited. That said, like maybe they're, you know, they. we've said this before. Like success in the NBA is not just championship or bust. Like some teams are perfectly happy with 51 seasons, making it to the playoffs, possibly being a second-round team. That's a successful season for a lot of teams. And if the Blazers are happy with that, then they're going to continue treading water. But mm-hmm. I think it's fair to argue this core is not a championship contender. And I'm interested to see if, you know, something over the course of the next eight to nine months says, okay, well, you know, we were happy with our old trajectory. Now we're not. I think so much of Portland's success hinges on Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah. Because here's the thing. We don't really know what type of Nurkic we're going to get. Are we right. going to get the post-trade Nurkic? Are we mm. going to get last year's version? Are we going to get an improved version? I read an, an article on The Athletic, and I'm, I apologize, I just don't remember who wrote it. Uh, I read it yesterday at my son's basketball practice. And, you know, apparently, Yusuf um, Nurkic has lost some, a, lot, a lot of weight, and he's put himself, you know, in, in a position where he says, I want to actually make the all-defense first team. And, you know, you, you can look at that and, and go, well, you know, you, you're you not the best shot blocker. You can, but you're not like an elite shot blocker. You're not an elite rim protector. But mm-hmm. Terry Stotts, in the best of Terry Stotts' uh, you know, manner, went out and said it's attainable. Like, I, I don't know if he believes it, but I thought that was the best way he could motivate him and at the same time show belief in him. Mm-hmm. That was really, I mean, and, and you know, I think a guy like Nurkic really can use a coach coming out and going to bat for him just a little bit and saying, oh, okay, my coach actually says that's attainable. That means I'm not a complete moron for, for making this projection, so I'm actually <laughs> going to go out and see what I can do. Right. And even if it doesn't lead to an all-defensive nod, it could lead to significantly improved defense. You know, him just putting the extra hours in and saying, oh, okay, I'm going to watch film. I'm going to try to see what I can do when, you know, the pick and roll switches to the side. Like, I, how should I rotate? Yada, yada, yada. You know, the X's and O stuff. Mm-hmm. And if if he finds success in that, I mean, look, the, the whole trajectory of this team just changes immediately. Right. Right. It's going to be really... I, I know you, you love their, their two rookies. I remain skeptical yeah. that those guys are going to get many minutes, but... And that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's. I just think Portland is like low key, one of the like fascinating teams. You know, heading into the off season, I pegged like Portland. I put Toronto in this category too, frankly, until they traded for Kawhi, which we could talk about in a minute. But like Portland, Washington, Miami, with like all of these teams are comfortable playoff teams. They've got mm. you know, with the exception of Miami, they all have one to two All Star caliber players. But like it just feels like they're stuck because they have a lot of big contracts, long-term contracts. They just don't have a way out of their current predicament 
aside from what Toronto did, which was trade right. one of those two all-star guys for a gamble. You know, trade for a Kawhi Leonard who has one year left on his deal, but is a market upgrade. And that that would be the same thing that Portland could do with Jimmy Butler and CJ. Like, Jimmy Butler is a better player than CJ McCollum. Trading mm. for him would be a gamble because he could leave and then you'd be left empty-handed. But, you know, if you're trying to make that push, maybe you do it. But that said, Toronto is in right. a different situation than Portland is because, you know, Portland, I don't think, even if you add Jimmy Butler to that team, I don't think you can feasibly make the case that, like, we're a championship contender now. We're a championship favorite now. Toronto no, adding no. Kawhi Leonard, you can make the case that Toronto has a legit shot of winning the NBA title this year. Yeah, I would agree. And by the way, the article was from Jason Quick nice. from The Athletic, okay. and it's called The Evolution of Yusuf Nurkic. Evolution of Yusuf Nurkic has Blazers Center predicting big things. I believe I can be an all-star. And what I forgot to mention from that piece was that he started shooting threes, and mm. Yus- yeah, Nurkic himself said, I might even take 10 in a game. What? Um, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. No, he... And apparently, he is being... Uh, yeah, CJ, CJ McCollum was out saying, you know, he doesn't want Nurkic to shoot the three off the first pass, but if sure. he's open, hell yeah. Mm. Like, the team is encouraging him to shoot the open three. Interesting. Uh, and he's had success in practice. So, yeah. that It's something. I'm not saying yeah. it's everything, but yeah, yeah. But I agree with you. And, and you know, that's a perfect segue into Toronto, because... You know, obviously, you know, to me, that's that's the story, right? Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Look, we're talking about a guy who, at the very worst, in the 2016-2017 season, was a top five player. That's that's yeah. like the the basement of him. Like, you know, outside of the top five, forget about. It. No, he was right. in that top five group, and he virtually missed the entire season. Mm-hmm. Like. Getting that guy back and presumably, hopefully healthy on a Raptors team that has depth mm-hmm. and considerable talent. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say like San Antonio isn't talented, but like that this Toronto team is more talented than the Spurs team of two years ago. Yeah. They just don't have the same coaching. At least I don't I don't expect Nick Nurse to come in and be pop right away. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> right. And that's not a slight to Nick Nurse. It's just, you know, pop, goddammit. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, look, this is a guy who can change your offense and your defense simultaneously. Yep. How many players can do that? Right. And and the acquisition of Danny Green was not minor. Yeah. No, we're sleeping on that one. I think everyone are. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I like that is a I mean, look, he's streaky offensively, but he's still a really solid defender. Now you mm-hmm. have Kawhi, him, and OG to throw at wings. Like, if you're going and against... And Kyle Lowry. Yeah, yeah right. I, I'm just thinking, like, conventional, like, you know, six, right. eight wings. Like, you know, oh, I, yeah, I'm yeah. picturing oh, basically them going against Philly or Boston in the playoffs. And you're going against a Ben Simmons or you're going against a Jason yeah. Tatum or a Jalen Brown or a Gordon Hayward. Toronto is really the only team. Even I mean, look, if they go to the finals and they play the Warriors and you have to guard Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Kevin mm-hmm. Durant, Toronto has the horses to do it now. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. I mean, obviously you will need to find minutes for CJ Miles, right. who is not a, a strong defender, but he, on the other end, <laughs> can can have one of those games where he just, you know, pops in for 15 minutes and, and drops five, five triples. Right. I mean... 
you know, there's there's this balance of offense and defense that's really encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Toronto is just, again, one of the most fascinating teams, if only because, like, look, <laughs> July 1st is not that far away. Kawhi is going to be, I would say, if not the most coveted free agent available, the second most, and the only person I'm thinking is above him is Kevin Durant. Like, that, you know, yeah. Tor- Toronto has its work cut out for him because mm-hmm. you got teams like the Lakers that are already lining up for him, and he's long been linked to wanting to go to L.A., allegedly. Or maybe it's just his uncle who wants to go to L.A. Who knows? You know, he's saying, Kawhi's saying all the right things right now, and they're like yeah. all the quotes coming out from Toronto have been positive. Like Danny Green said he's like never looked more at home right now. So, you know, maybe there's a chance. Like maybe Kawhi sees, look, my window's open right here in Toronto. At least for the next year or two. Like I could always sign a one plus one deal and push my yep. free agency off till twenty twenty. But like as long as Kyle Lowry's still playing at an all star level, as long as we have this depth, you know, there there's a legitimate case to be made that Toronto's the best team in the East. Hot take, if KD and Kawhi leave their teams, they team up. Ooh. Where? Clippers? They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. I don't know where. Clippers could do it. Yeah, I don't care where. They'll talk. They'll figure something out. They'll talk to some GMs. They'll say, hey, you know what? We're a package deal. Clear some goddamn cap space for us. And that GM will be like, sure thing, boss. (laughs) It would be fun, like personality wise, just based on how they portray themselves. I could not think of a more or a less perfect fit. Mm. But it would be, you know, maybe maybe just game respects game, and they put that aside. Could you imagine, you know, a a three four combo of those two, just from you know the ability to defend multiple positions, the three point shooting, the offensive volume. Good yeah. lord. Yeah, I mean that would be lights out. Yeah. Yeah, I I think really if Toronto's not the best team in the East this year, it's going to be Boston. And yep. like it pains me to say this as a Philly person, and I'm just going to say Nick Foles five times for all the Celtics fans who are like get a giddy already. But I'm excited to see the full strength Celtics. Like I love I, that you assume we have Celtics fans left <laughs> yeah, on this right. podcast. <laughs> I'm sure they're out there. Uh, but you know, look, like they lost Gordon Hayward five minutes into the season last year. They lost yeah. Kyrie in March. They still go to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. They've retained everyone. Like they are arguably the deepest team in the NBA. You know, you've got five mm. legit All Star caliber players in your starting lineup. I don't think they're going to have five All Stars. I don't think. Look, the touches just aren't going to be there. You know, like a guy like. Tatum or Brown may not get the volume to make an all-star game, but like the talent is there for them to turn into an all-star. That's what I mean by all-star caliber players. Then you've got Terry Roger off the bench, Marcus Morris off the bench, Marcus Smart off the bench, stupid Aaron Baines, the leprechaun who hits corner three is out of nowhere off the bench. Oh my God, that has to go on your grave someday. (laughs) It's going to. I will never stop being... Much like no, you, Tom so Brady bitter. dropped it, should be on the grave of every Boston fan. <laughs> oh, I don't no. have Aaron Baines, the stupid right. three-point yep. shooting leprechaun, on my grave. Okay. 
Uh, oh, I was. Bye. bye. <laughs> this is the final Boston fans listening in. We've lost you. We've lost. I don't know, Brian. You seem to alienate virtually one fan base every podcast. I'm not sure. Which it's really was the just last one. Boston. Boston fans, and then like Orlando, just Orlando. Oh yeah, but yeah. Like, so Boston, Orlando fans. If you're an Orlando gone. fan, you know your team's shit, right? Like you should be relishing in how bad they are, and people calling them out for it, because otherwise nothing's gonna change. This is true. This is true. This same with with the Bulls fans, especially when things were really, really bad. Right. Which I would argue they still are yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Um, but like that, you know, everyone was just you know in full agreement that the negativity. Uh, that was that was the right move to go with, and I think Magic fans are the same. So let's hope there are some Magic fans left. I actually have an, a question for you regarding the Celtics. Mm-hmm. How come, if it's any other organization, you know, filled with young guys who mm-hmm. are you know prone to or, or you know keen to to prove themselves, like Jason uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Yeah. How come we all talk about? Oh, you know, th- there might be chemistry issues. Because those guys will need to get shots. They all need sure. to prove themselves. But as soon as we come to the Boston, it's like universally accepted. Oh, those guys will sacrifice for the greater good of the team. The, the Why? Of Brad Stevens? Yeah, I, I feel that's... I mean, that, that, and you know what? That's actually an, an argument that I'll, I'll accept. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, you saw how much pop back in the day with, with Tony and Manu and Tim... Like in that interview for for a couple of years ago, like he said, you know, thank you for sacrificing so much. I really kept all you guys back. Yeah. Like you could have gone out there and had scoring records and assist records and, you know, you could have done whatever statistically, mm-hmm. but I held you back and thank you for accepting that. Right. But like, let's just take a minute and recognize just how much that takes for a player. Mm-hmm. And somehow we, we're, we're so cool already to go, oh yeah, you know what? Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and and Terry Rozier, all those guys. Yeah, it's it's gonna be the Spurs 2.0. They're all so you know fundamentally unselfish. It's, no worries. You know Tatum averaging 14 points a game for the rest of his career. That's fine. He's he can score 25. He just doesn't need to. Right. Like, at some point, man, I I could totally see Tatum looking at his own stat line and going, you know what, I I'm averaging like nine points less than I should. <laughs> yeah, I could see it eventually, but like those guys are all at an age or like you know Horford's the oldest by far right then like right. Irving and Hayward are around the same age then Tatum and Brown mm-hmm. are a couple of years younger than that so there's going to be like a natural passing of the torch if all of those guys stay together and oh, I would, that's a good point I would hope Tatum and Brown have the foresight to see that and recognize that like yeah Irving yeah. and Hayward might be the stars now but in a couple of years from now, they'll be in their late 20s, early 30s, and we'll be entering our prime. Right. Like, then we'll be the main attraction. And I think winning probably cures a lot. You know, like, mm. this team is going to be a 60-win team. This team is... And at least... Yeah. It, like, they should be the number one or number two seed in the East. They should be favored to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, right. you know, I, I think that really does cure a lot. I think playing for a smart coach... And a progressive coach in Brad Stevens, that helps. I think he like yeah. keeps those guys engaged. And I think, you know, it's not like last year's Warriors or like the ninety seven, ninety eight Bulls where like these guys have been successful for so long and like the disease of me takes over. They still haven't won anything. They made mm. it to the Eastern Conference Finals twice, but they haven't won a ring. So I think they're That's still true. hungry at this point. I think what I think you you're right to be 
concerned about that long term, but I, I'm going to guess that like they're still somewhat in the honeymoon period right now, especially right. because Hayward hasn't played. We still haven't seen this full strength yeah. squad. Yeah. That that That's one was concern. going to be my that was my second question here because yeah. can we agree that it's probably going to take Gordon Hayward this season to like fully get back? Like we're not going to see like he has to regain trust in, uh, to that angle. Like he has mm-hmm. to be able to move around and trust it for a full 82 game season. So, here's here's my thinking. If he moves a little bit slow this year, like he's still testing it out, you know, mm-hmm. he's contributing, but he's not, you know, the good old Gordon Hayward that we know. Mm-hmm. And in his place, you know, Tatum goes off and just, you know, averages 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Then what happens the year after where Gordon Hayward might be fully back? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it's going to take Hayward the whole year to get back to his old self. No. I, I think it'll take him like a month or two. But I think he'll get back. Oh, that's optimistic though, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, it was just... It wasn't like an Achilles tear. This is that's true. It's it wasn't. I I, mean, I just think like there, there's a psychological component of trusting, like a failed ligament in yeah. whatever respect. Like what, for for Vince back in the day, I don't even know what the hell he went through. I don't remember. But like he said, it took him like year and a half to trust like his jumping ability again or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Hayward's not really a jumper. This is, yeah, that's right. He's a shooter. Yeah. And like he, he's but he's a, a cutter. Super, yeah, he's not like a and super he, athletic yeah. guy, though. You know, like, or he never like relied on his athleticism like a Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Right, he was super athletic. He just right. didn't really. Yeah, right. He didn't have to rely on. Yeah, that. his game was yeah. like predicated on that. Exactly. He does do a lot of cutting and change of direction. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think Hayward is basically a story in and of himself because there's yeah. also the risk that he's just not himself at all. And, you know, we're sitting here going, oh, my God, look at that starting lineup. And maybe he just is not really that good this year. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong, obviously, because, you know, you always want, you know, these injury stories to turn out, you know, great. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Um, I think, you know, if we're going to stick with the Eastern Conference for a second, yeah, I, I'm going to spoil one of my hot takes. We, we're going to do our playoff predictions and award predictions uh, in an episode this weekend. I'm going to spoil one of my hot takes now, though. I think the Bucks could be a top three seed in the East. I think I'm going to pick them as a top three seed in the East. I think they're going to yeah. be a 50 win team. I am so excited to see the Bucks under Mike Budenholzer. What we've seen this preseason has just reinforced right. every good thing we've said. You know, we we have been hammering this since they hired him. We were saying like, yeah. look, there is a this is a market upgrade going from Jason Kidd and Joe Prunty, right. not neither of whom had any idea what they were doing, both of whom who were running offenses from the 1990s, going to Mike <laughs> Budenholzer, who runs with pace and schemes open threes and realizes yeah. three is worth more than two. We're going to like 
you know, not only is Giannis going to be on the short list for MVP, Bud's going to be on the right. short list for Coach of the Year. Yeah. Can I tell you how hot that hot take was? Very cold. It's so cold, Brian, I'm freezing to death. Well, a top three seed, like, I feel like everyone has penciled in Boston, Toronto, and Philly in some order. And it's really Boston, Toronto, and then Philly number three. Like, I, I, mean, I, think, there, like, I think there's a... I'm not going to pick Philly as my number three team. I'm going to pick Milwaukee at number three. That's very unhomeristic of you. That's nice. I agree. Yeah. But no, I mean, maybe maybe I'm just... Uh, yeah, I guess I can see where you're going with, with you know that being a hot take because people aren't really on board with it. Right. But I'm just looking at it as somewhat obvious... Giannis is only going to get better. Even yeah. you know he, he might not take a big step up statistically, mm-hmm. but like from an impact perspective, from a leadership perspective, like just refining his game perspective, yeah. having a better coach to learn from perspective, yeah. like he's going to be drastically better. And at this point, and I've said I said this on the podcast with TJ McBride. I think Giannis is the new king of the league. Mm-hmm. And it, hey, look, we may already see it this year. Right, I I I think he's going to be the best player in the year in in the league for a long time. Yeah, and I if you are that and if you are are in that you know tier, I, I just can't imagine you know your team not winning fifty. Right, especially when you have like a Chris Middleton next to you and you have a a Mike Budenholzer on the sideline running the show. I mean, yeah, no, that just seems weird to me. Yeah, all fair points. Um, also, by the way, they have Christian Wood. Here's my hot I, take. Oh yeah, Christian Wood. I've I've said his name on this podcast at least five times before. This dude is going to be good. He he's a, going to be good. He's a process sixer. I always love him. Yep. He and I mean, look, this year is going to be the year. He's going to be a rotational player. I I think he's going to be one. Could, this is the yeah. year. I mean, yep. look, the Bucks like not only getting Bud, but. The upgrade, getting Brook Lopez and Ursan Eliasova, and yeah, if even Christian oh, Wood yeah. plays spot minutes, like their front court mm-hmm. is so much effing better than it was last year. That's going to yeah. make an enormous difference. Shabazz Muhammad is there, like yeah. you know, has his full training camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's that's kind of my point. If people aren't looking at these bucks as more of like a five or six seed or whatever they're sleeping on them yeah i agree but like i still don't think they're getting like it seems like i've seen a wave of surprise since the preseason started where people have been watching the ducks are like oh they're they're actually good wow i wonder what happens when you pair one of the best players in the league with one of the best coaches yeah Hmm. surprise surprise So let's let's stick with one more East storyline, and then we'll go West for a bit. You got to go to Philly, mm-hmm. and the, the main storyline in Philly is Markel Fultz. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, that's, it's as easy as that, right? Like, can he shoot a basketball? I, you know, he hit a three pointer in the preseason, which is very uh, like it's reason to be optimistic because he didn't hit a single one last year. Um, mm-hmm. He was a little. Spotty. I've not been able to find video of that, by the way. Oh really? I would yeah, say. I should I should check YouTube yeah. and 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 watch that th- yeah. three pointer. It was yep. a it was a yep. nice clean corner three against Orlando and wide the, open. Yeah, the Philly audience. I've understood it. Lost yeah. its shit as they should. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was he was more hit or miss in their couple preseason games in China. But I think I said this last episode. Look, man, <laughs> jet lag is a bitch when you travel that far. And like this, this might be a hot take. Like Simmons and Embiid may be more used to it. Simmons is from Australia, so he's used to like that fourteen-hour jump, and and Embiid's from Cameroon, so he's used to traveling. You know, I don't know. I'm gonna guess it's at least like eight or. Are we legitimately talking about time zones right now? Yeah, but like it's legit, man. I traveled to Japan one time, and I I know could not speak words for the first three days. Like, that is how much it screws you up. So I'm not putting any stock. Yeah, I know. Marco when you were here, you had to go You had to go take, like, a, a nap at the hotel. I remember. Yeah, and that was only a six-hour. Yeah. Hour, or like a, yeah, it was only six or seven hours. Like, it... I did, I'm just saying, when you when you bring up that point, which, I again, I don't disagree with. Right. You, you, you know, it seems like you're going to extreme lengths to maybe defend your guy a little to bit. Justify. I, I'm just because saying, it's a preseason game. It right. doesn't fucking matter. I know people are getting really worked up over those preseason games, and I'm saying, yeah, like, well, it's a preseason and b the time zone thing. Like, it could really, it whatever. Like, I'm putting less than zero stock into it. I think the interesting yeah. thing is Brett Brown's been putting him in the starting lineup in mm. place of JJ Redick. Which is a gamble because look, the Sixers had by net rating, the Sixers had the best starting lineup in the league last year, with Redick in the starting lineup next to mm. Covington, Simmons, Dario, and Embiid. Now, right. Fultz, you know, he factors into your long-term future more than JJ Redick does. So you right. need him to, you know, you need him to hit basically if you're going to become a championship contender. But it's a gamble, and like. In China, they they put Fultz in the starting lineup for the first half, and then moved him to the bench in place of Redick in the second half. Like how that experimentation is going to be really fascinating to watch, and it's one of the reasons I think Philly could slip a little bit more than people are expecting is because like yeah. they're going to try to work Markel Fultz into this rotation. They're not even if he struggles early on, they're not just going like, to give up on him, relegate him to a ten minute roll off the bench like. This right. season is about Markel Fultz and Philly. It's about, you know, Embiid trying to be an MVP and Ben Simmons trying to be an all-star. But it's about getting Markel Fultz back to what he was when they drafted him at number one last June. So I'm I'm watching the three-pointer video as we speak right oh, now. Yeah. I did find it. Yeah, nice. I, the curiosity got me the best of me. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, okay. So it's still sort of a push shot. Sure. But not as much as I expected it to be. Yeah. Like, it's on the right path. That right. jumper's coming around. That's yeah. that's, he, that's he, interesting. He's pulling up confidently in mid-range shots now. Yeah. Which is even something okay, that's he didn't good. necessarily do that much last year. Like, even if he came back toward the end of the year, I forget the exact percentage, but it was like, I think somewhere around like 20% of his shots were jumpers. Most of the stuff was right at the rim. Hmm. Yeah, and you know what? If he can just be a lead around the rim as well, that's I, I'll take that this year. That's yeah. fine. Just get that confidence. Hey, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy.
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Great. So, all right. Let's go over to the West, Brian. And yeah. obviously, you know, Minnesota is the big storyline <laughs> there. Yep. And I just, I wanted just to to get it out of the way so we can just, you know, move on to something else. So, obviously, you know, we, we got to talk about the big elephant in the room. What the hell has Derek Rose done to his hair? <laughs> That's about, like, the 10th biggest concern of mine when we're talking about India. Oh, no, it's number one for me. It's, it's what the hell is going on? Like, I remember, like, the clean shave, Derek, or not clean sure. shave, but, like, you know, and, yeah, and now it's, cut. like, the locks. and Yeah, the boss cut, and now it's, like, the locks and, like, the long dreads. Like, no, D, what you doing, boy? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I... <laughs> I do not have a solid take on Derek Rose's hair, unfortunately. I'm just I'm I'm flabbergasted is what I am, and you know obviously like the, the Jimmy Butler stuff just pales in comparison. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that's look for all we know that's going to be resolved by the time this podcast is up, but probably not because probably not <laughs> because Tom Thibodeau was a stubborn son of a bitch, and apparently Glenn Taylor is too. Like that was yeah. You know Mark Stein had a report out on Tuesday. Where he said, like, the Heat offered Josh Richardson and a protected first-round pick, and it had to be something else involved for salary matching. Speculation is it's Deion Waiters, and the Timberwolves said no. Which, look, yeah, man, yeah. like, they can't go into the season with Jimmy Butler on their roster. It's just going to be too awkward. They Like, they need to get a deal done this week. But whenever, however and whenever that situation resolves itself, I am interested to see, like, the collateral yeah. damage. Like, I want, you know, it means Towns gets to be the number one option again, which I think is going to be great for his development. Does does this whole thing make him, like, pissed off and actually try on defense? No. No, does, because we've... No. Well, so here's another. All right. Does it motivate Andrew Wiggins at all, even the slightest bit? No. I, yeah. We've seen that so far. <laughs> Look, I know it's preseason, but look, they've those guys have been, you know, they've been criticized for the lack of work ethic throughout the entire course of summer, mm-hmm. virtually. Mm-hmm. And this is their response. Yeah, like coming out and going, you know, Humpty Dumpty, we're first round draft picks, or you know, first overall draft picks. It'll come naturally. No, mm-hmm. no. I have zero faith. And by the way, look, the Minnesota crowd who goes, hey, screw Jimmy Butler. We want Wiggins back in the role that he had. Right. Yeah. Look, dudes, newsflash, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Like, you were a third seed when Jimmy was healthy. Just, that, there's a reason for that. It's not Andrew Wiggins and his, what, what did he decline by? Nine per- percentage points on the <laughs> three-throw line? As well? I mean, oh, God. It's just, it's just not Great, Brian. And here's the thing. I'll actually, you know, argue a little bit against what you said about, you know, the Wolves not being able to have Jimmy on the opening roster. You're still paying him. Yeah. And I know that it would be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I know all of that. But you're still paying the guy. And it's your prerogative to keep him on and then let him sign elsewhere for nothing if that's what you want. Yeah, I agree with you. It would be a shit move for him. Mm-hmm. They should trade him now. They shouldn't play him because you know he might get hurt. But it's their call, and he is getting paid. So there is this possibility. Ultimately, they, they look at it and go, "Oh, okay, we're getting shit offers. 
So it, that's not going to change come deadline. The, the, the offers are only going to get worse. Let's just, you know, trot him out there and see what happens. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be against that logic either. And if Jimmy goes, well, I don't want that. Eh. Oh, and... Oh, this is perfect timing. This is beautiful timing. Oh, I no. just got like a... Yeah, Vosch just tweeted. Oh, no. Jimmy Butler practiced with the Timberwolves today. Oh, there we go. All right. Well, maybe he will. God. Dude. Oh, my God. Vosch is like listening into our podcast sometimes. <laughs> I swear. Gonna, it's going to be such a shit show, man. That's wild. Yeah, but you know... It's not going to be a shit show <laughs> if those kids just kind of work their asses off. Like I know, you know, Jimmy should just shut the he should shut the hell up. Jimmy should just not say a word all year long. But those two kids, man, they need to they need to show up. I feel like it has gonna, to be a, they're yeah. going to like half-ass it if he's there. I think they they're just going to be like so passive aggressive. They're just going to really go in the tank. Well, what does that tell you about them? How, what yeah. do you want to be in the trenches with those t- people if that's their response though? No, I mean, I <laughs> Timberwolves are going to be. Oh man, I mean, is this, this is a weird situation where everyone comes out looking bad. Like Tips yeah. looks bad, Glenn Taylor looks bad, Jimmy yeah. looks bad, Wiggins, Carl, everyone looks bad. Right. That that's why I think they almost just have to resolve it. Like just get it over with, yeah. so everyone just can start ties Jones. Yeah. No yeah. one else. Oh, please. Please start Tyus Jones. Please stop giving minutes to Derrick Rose. Uh, man. Uh, well, do you want? You know, we can't go this long without mentioning the defending champions. So let's talk briefly about the Warriors, because at least, like, look, we know what's going to happen in June. They're probably going to mm-hmm. win the championship. What you know, the most interesting storyline with them is what happens in July, because it sounds like there is legitimate chance that Kevin Durant leaves them after this season, which is. It's going to be hanging over their heads all year, and it's going to create some drama and elevate right. the stakes a little bit for them. But also, they have DeMarcus Cousins. And mm-hmm. I, like, I'm, I have no idea how DeMarcus Cousins is going to look after an Achilles tear. History says he's not going to be back to his old form. But even if he's like 80% of his old form, he was the only player last year to average 25 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists a game. And he, yep. at, he chipped in like... 2.23s, 1.6 blocks, and 1.6 steals. No, he was ridiculous. Like, he was an absolute stat-stuffing monster. So He was he... a statistical MVP candidate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But are you, <laughs> you going to say it was empty stats? No, no, no. No, no. Oh, okay. It wasn't empty stat, but I'm just saying, like, the team wasn't good enough, like, to him to get that, you know, to get that buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from a statistical standpoint, if that team had one more... Oh, God, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's going to be... Look, we're probably not going to see him until 2019, you know? Like, they're mm, they're going to hold him out as well they should. Like, let him ease his way back slowly. There is no reason to push it. Keep your eye on April at all times. But, like, you know, that if you have Warriors fatigue, much like you had LeBron Cavs fatigue, Boogie adds an element of intrigue to a team that otherwise there really wasn't last year. Like we knew what was going to happen the whole time. Like that made them boring. At least Boogie spices things up a bit. So there mm-hmm. you go. There's there's our shout out to the Warriors. Now we can. Do you want to move no, on? No, no, no. I mean, I, I would just like to say that if Boogie returns to eighty percent of what he used to be, yeah. Oh my God! Please let that happen because I I have a I you know I'm kind of skeptical when it comes to Achilles injuries. 
Eighty percent would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It really would. Like that's still a twenty million a year player. That yeah. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him next summer. Oh yeah. Not, like Kevin Durant's not the only free agent of intrigue they have. No, that's true. Also, in the meantime, while they're waiting for Cousins, my storyline for Golden State is Jordan Bell at the center. Yeah. <laughs> you mean cash considerations? Yeah, I mean cash considerations. Yep. <laughs> who, who've produced so much on the court for Chicago. Yeah. Yep. Glad they enjoyed that new washing machine or whatever the fuck they bought from. <laughs> All right. I want to give you a chance to shout out mm-hmm. two of your boys. First, let's go to Utah. Because I think, you know, look, we don't know, outside of Golden State, we don't know who the second best team in the West is. I'd say Houston is the front runner for that. Yeah. Utah might be there. Especially if Donovan Mitchell takes a big step forward. Yeah, and and I look, I've already said as much on this podcast. I think you will. (laughs) Who else on this team is going to score the basketball to the same extent? I mean apparently Grayson Allen is not going to play at all if he doesn't improve significantly yeah. uh, in transition defense, yeah. which was interesting. Um, Quinn Snyder was kind of frank on that point. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, add, I hopefully <laughs> that adds some, some fuel to the fire. But yeah, I'm, I'm crazy interested to see, obviously, Mitchell healthy Gobert as well. Mm-hmm. I mean... So they play together for a full season. I'm hoping that Jay Crowder sort of becomes relevant again, but that's a long shot. Mm-hmm. And then, can Dante Axum keep up what he did last year? Or did we see yeah. that as a result of him not playing as much, so mm-hmm. he was fresh for the playoffs? Right. Like, there's so many questions marks surrounding this team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, like, you're, you're projecting upside with this team, but, you know, they... They have the pieces, and there's still a number of them are young enough that, like, I think it's fair to project upside for guys like Mitchell and Exum and even Gobert. Joe Ingles, who can't defend a barstool, according to our favorite Colin Coward. Turns out mm-hmm. he's actually one of the better 3 and D wings in the league. Like, Who I, knew? I hope he gets some respect put on his name this year. We'll see. Uh, I hate to go back oh, to God. the Timberwolves. Yeah, did you just see the tweet? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Oh, Read it, Brian. All-star Jimmy Butler participated in Minnesota's practice, a session that included him verbally challenging teammates, coaches, and front office, league sources told ESPN. Butler was vociferous and emotional at times, targeting Thibodeau, Layden, Towns, Wiggins. You still think they can't? They can go into the season with him on their roster? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't care. Dude, this is awesome no. to me. I know. No, but look, look. This, after this report, do you think teams are going to come calling with, with serious offers? Absolutely no. not. They like the Tim. You're right. The, the Timberwolves. They. It, you you said it well. Like every single person comes out of this looking bad, but like now you fucked up. You lost your sixty cents on the dollar. Just take forty cents. Because now everyone knows it's only going to get worse once the regular Dude, season Dude, it's starts. not going to be 40 cents. We're at 10 right now. <laughs> at best. They get more value for their money right now by just keeping him. And do just they? see what, like, yeah, they do. Like, what can they get? I, I what mean, can they get? 
they already declined like Josh Richardson. And you know what? If Miami is smart, and I think Miami will be smart, right. they're going to go, oh, you know what? You had your chance. We're not going to offer Josh Richardson again. I don't think that's an open offer. Not by <laughs> any chance. Man, I, I'm very happy Philly stayed out of the bidding on this one. That's yikes. What a disaster. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Your other favorite, we got to mention, we tried this last episode. We've tried to mention Trey Young without mentioning Luka Doncic. Now you can just okay. talk about Luka Doncic. Can I, can I talk about Luka Doncic? You sure can. So, um, you know, Brian, he, he he's done fairly well here in preseason. But I'm just... Oh, God, I'm just so... This question just bothers me so much about him. Could he have done this against NCAA competition? <laughs> could he beat Kentucky? Yeah, could, could he, like, beat Vanderbilt? Like, yeah. Oh, God, I'm just... It's, it's just stuck on my mind. It's... Poor Luca. We we'll never know, will yeah. we? Like no. when when he's you know playing starting caliber basketball from game one. I just I'll always have that question: Could he beat Vandy? It's just <laughs> it's one of those questions, right? Look, can we just can we just get over that whole anti Euro thing and and whatever? Can we just we we called it dumb back then? Can we? Just officially say the people who are still stuck in that line of thought should just be disqualified from voicing their opinion on the NBA. Yes, I would hope so. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, Rookie of the Year. So I I don't really have anything to add other than he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, he's going to have some warts here and there because he's (laughs) 19. But he is extremely polished. His, His floor game is just ridiculous. His... You know, some of the angles on passes that he sees are, you know, at this age. Like, I mentioned this to a friend of mine the other day. Like, we were watching some, you know, some Dallas highlights. And he was, and I, I told him, close your eyes and imagine this dude at 23. Mm-hmm. Being the baby fat is off. Yeah. Like, he's he's gotten <laughs> a little bit more slim. He's gotten a little bit more sharp on both his passing, his shooting. Like, the defensive intelligence has come up a little bit. Like, this dude is going to be unreal. Unreal. And I'm not going to mention Trey Young, even though I just did right here. But you know what I'm going to mention? I'm going to mention the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Yep. What the fuck, man? What What? the flying fuck did you do? Well, we saw their draft board, even though, (laughs) you know, that, that whiteboard leaked. But I remember at draft time, they said they had Bagley at number one overall, which was not true. Aiton was on top of their board. And Dutchess was not... Oh, man. I mean, you know what they did. They're the kings. They kings it up. Yeah, but, like, this was so apparent to me. I just And they even had an international front office. I I cannot comprehend this. They weren't... There's the report that they were afraid that, like... They wanted De'Aaron Fox to operate on the ball, and they thought Luka Doncic would take touches away from him because, God forbid, you have multiple ball handlers on the same team. It also means work. you didn't watch games. It right. means you didn't scout properly. He can play. He, he's sharing the court with Dennis Smith Jr. right now. It's going well. Right. Like, what the fuck? Does that surprise you that they screwed that up? No, but it's just, yeah. I, what I just hate is, like, you know, Luca looking back, you know, and us looking back and looking at number three. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so dumb. Yeah. It's so dumb. There's so many smart people sitting there going, 
hey, you know what? He's the best player in the draft. Yeah. Go go take him. And then he slips two spots. It's just, yeah, yeah. I know. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance uh all right who else oh well we gotta talk about the pelicans oh yeah we do because you know they lost rondo they lost boogie they add julius randall though who was the Mm -hmm. lakers best player last year i Mm -hmm. i said it on the the southeast pod or the southwest pod like i think they have one of my favorite front courts in the league with randall brow nickel and miritich and even look man jaleel okafor I, Shout out! Yeah, like he, it was the athletic, right? Who had the piece yesterday with him, and you know he was talking yeah, about like was, yeah. he's he had depression and mental issues that he wasn't even aware of when he got to Brooklyn. Um, they made him aware of it. They like started helping him get treatment. He he came this summer like completely overhauled his body. Seems like, you know, he, he sprained an ankle in the preseason, so he's going to miss a little bit of time. But, look, I, I said it on Twitter. Like, I genuinely hope this guy turns his career around. Like, Yeah. And I got some pushback from Philly fans. I'm like, why? Like, yeah, he sucked in Philly, but he's a sunk cost at this point. Like, don't, don't root for this guy to fail forever just because he didn't fit well in a situation that was very obviously not great for him anyway like be mad at sam hinky and be mad at the front office for taking their third big man in three years with a like top six pick that was dumb but like mm. don't hate okafor because he was in a bad situation and didn't handle it well like just well, hope hope you know he's that look the nba is better when all of yeah. these guys succeed well, well, Brian, I mean, you weren't exactly supportive of the dude afterwards. I mean, look, I I said he was never <laughs> going to work in Philly. I ne- I repeatedly said I think he could work elsewhere, but I said he was never going to yeah, work in Philly. Yeah, right. you're right. You're actually, I, I'm going to give you that one. You did. That yeah. is true. Yeah, yeah. It's just every time we brought him up, I was met with a very high menacing laugh from your end. Yeah. But you're yeah. right. I mean... You're right. You did say you wanted him to see. You didn't want to see him turn his career around. You said that even, yeah. I think when he was traded to to Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to talk about the obvious big man, Anthony Davis. Yeah. All right. So now you have a playmaking four and Julius Randle who'll push the ball. Mm-hmm. You have AD who's just going to catch so many lobs, mm-hmm. and you have. Nico on the perimeter spacing the court for uh, Davis. Like, God, I mean, like he's going to get so many one-on-one chances. It's insane. Yeah. Like, are we looking at a 30-point season? I think we it's are. possible. It's very – look, when he, when he moved over after Boogie got hurt and he moved over and started playing the five, he put up MVP caliber numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like it was insane. I, let me like, just find. Yeah, them. it was like thirty-one and twelve or something like that. Like he's he's going to have if he's not on yeah. your short list for MVP front runners, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, he's he was my second. He's my second behind um, 
Giannis. Giannis, yeah. Yeah, so he had that one month in February where he averaged 35 and 13. Yeah. God. Yeah. And then, and then he kind of rolled it back to 28 a game over the next two months. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he had that. that <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm looking for in Davis, actually, I, I'm looking for one specific specific improvement for him, though. I need to see him become just a slightly better three-point shooter. Mm, just okay. a little bit more. Like, take an, an, a small uptick in volume and get that percentage up to, like, 37%, 38%. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. as you see, like, last year, there were times where teams just kind of backed off. Like, yeah, you know what? You can take it. Yeah, I want him to punish fools. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that, too, like, if they have Alfred Payton as their point guard, they need that shooting, you know? <laughs> that's true. Like, that's, oh, God, I shouldn't laugh, but you're right. Well, that's, you know, it was the same thing with Rondo, but, like, they don't really have many wings. I guess they have, like, mm. Etwan Moore, but Solomon Hill is not a great three-point shooter. Like, they need him to be a good three-point shooter. That reminds me, should Nico start at the three? I know. Yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. Nico at the three, but look at the alternatives. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it because, you know, the alternative is Solomon Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about some other Western contenders quickly. The Thunder, look, man, <laughs> you're going to make fun of me when you find out where I'm putting them in my playoff bracket because I've been so high on them all summer. You're but... putting them too. No, 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 uh, no! They're much okay. lower than. The... Oh, oh! You're, oh, you've seen the light. No, I have not seen oh. the light. The problem is, <laughs> <laughs> look, the Roberson injury is brutal. We, you know, he's yeah. out for yeah. at least two months, I believe. That super sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like he's really, he, he's a key part of that team. Like his defense, I know he's in zero on offense, but his defense enables Paul right. George to be more of a roamer. Like, without that, Paul George has to focus more intently on being, like, guarding the best wing every night. He has to spend more energy on that end of the court. It's less energy on right. offense. I still think the Thunder are going to be really good. I think losing uh, losing Carmelo is going to be addition by subtraction for them just because, you know, plugging Jeremy Grant and Pat Patterson into those minutes is going to be big. And I think, like, you have just less of the awkward, like, sharing touches dynamic between three stars. I think just Westbrook and George is going to help. But that said, the Robers should be off for that long. They, I'm sorry, Thunder fans. I still believe, I still think fully healthy, you really might be the best chance to dethrone the Warriors. But I don't think you're going to be the top, like the number two seed in the West. I am here for all the minutes that Hamidou Diallo and Terrence <laughs> Ferguson share together. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. I don't care. All of it. <sighs> we got to talk about Carmelo. He doesn't look washed, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's looked okay I in told you. Yeah. I told I told everyone. Yeah. And I think I'm still going to be right when the regular season rolls around. He's just playing in a system that plays to his strength, which is shooting the damn basketball. <laughs> he's not being asked to, to you know, defend multiple positions he's not you know being asked to just look while his point guard is chasing triple doubles mm-hmm. he's just there to jack up shots and if there's one thing carmelo will always be able to do is jack up shots <laughs> that is true in isolation better yet yeah 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 i well i mean the, the concern was like we've seen him and d'antonio in new york it didn't work all that well but you know i think both guys are older more mature 
they like they just know they need each other to work this year. Yep. Whereas like Carmelo back in his New York days was still like somewhat in his prime and you know thought he could be the number one focal point. He knows he can't be anymore. He's got Chris Paul mm-hmm. and James Harden there to like he knows he's not James Harden. So like he yeah. he's buying into his role, which is what we've been saying all summer. Like if he buys in, he's gonna be really valuable. Seems like he's buying in so far. Let's let's hope it keeps going. Uh I would agree. Denver, I think I'm gonna talk about one thing and I know you mm-hmm. you wanna focus on the kids. So I think the two storylines really are the kids and Isaiah Thomas. Like yeah. Isaiah Thomas They've already told him he's not starting a point guard. That's Jamal Murray, as well as should be. Mm. Isaiah Thomas could very well be sixth man of the year if he comes back to, you know, he's not going to put up the numbers he did in Boston in 2016-17. But I also don't... <laughs> no shit. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but, like, I hope for his sake that he's not the show of himself that he was last year. Because in this yeah. Denver system, he could be super fun. Like, he's just a really explosive offensive player who doesn't play defense that's Denver in a nutshell. Like he could put up twenty points a game, he could be six man of the year, and then he could parlay that into one somewhat hefty contract next summer. I don't think he mm-hmm. gets like you know, he's dreaming of Brinks truck still. I don't think he's getting a four or five year max deal anywhere. Could I see him push eight figures on a short term deal? Absolutely. And for yeah. his sake I hope that happens. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Oh, you you want me to talk about the kits now? I do. Yeah. Malik Beasley has finally arrived. I've been waiting on this dude for a while. You know yeah. me. I've been talking about Beasley off the off the off the pod a little bit. You sure have been. I have. I've been wondering for so long why a team didn't try to snatch him up for cheap and good on Denver mm-hmm. for for you know hanging on to this guy. I don't know if they've gotten trade offers, but if they have and they've just said nope because this guy's going to get good, good <laughs> yeah. on Denver. Yeah. Um so I've been high on Malik Beasley. He's he's just balling out in summer league or summer league. Jesus Christ. Preseason. It's late, Brian. Yeah, it's a long fair. day. Um and he's he's that pure too, mm-hmm. which is interesting because while we're seeing like Jamal Murray play point guard but is a shooting guard and Gary Harris is also like a somewhat pure shooting guard but it can still handle the ball. Mm-hmm. Here comes Malik Beasley who's a real traditional shooting guard in the sense of he's going to shoot the ball he's going to move off screens he's going to do these things um i really like that component because now you have these three guys who can all you know who who can all move off the ball if necessary right and then you have Jokic who can you know be this point center Mm -hmm. and you also have paul Millsap who can pass the ball and initiate the offense from the power forward position like and even will barton who is going to start a small forward who can handle the ball and initiate the offense. Like, you just have so many ridiculous offensive components on this team. It's just, I, I don't see a single scenario where this team's not averaging, at the very least, 115 points a game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, like, I, if not 120. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a reason you and I both have them as the number one league pass team this season. Yeah. Like, they're going to be... Because, like, look, I mean, to make an NBA-NFL comparison for a second, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, they can't defend anyone, but they also have the most explosive offense in the league, and that makes them the most fun team to watch. The Denver Nuggets are the Kansas City Chiefs in the NBA. They can't guard a damn soul, but, man, they're going to be fun to watch. Oh, that reminds me. Should the Bulls sign Khalil Mack? 
<laughs> he, he, he would probably help. And he would. In I, yes. I'm not even kidding. He's an NFL player, but he would help. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any other... Oh, should we do the Pacers quickly? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, like, I, I'm excited yeah. to see what's next for them. You know, because, yeah. like, they're getting lost in the mix. Look, we, you know, we were putting... We were saying, like, Milwaukee and Indiana both should be, you know, in the conversation with Philly for that 3-4-5 spot. It seems like now mm-hmm. people are waking up and realizing Milwaukee's really good. I know you have the concerns, and rightly so, about, like, it will probably take time for Tyreek and Victor Oladipo to get develop chemistry and become, like, a seamless fit together. But I'm just excited to see, like, what's next for this Indiana team. Was last year a fluke? Does Victor Oladipo yeah. regress? Or was that it? Like, is he a legit, you know, perennial all-star? Can Miles Turner come back from that disappointing season and remind us, like, he was right. in that unicorn conversation? Can Sabonis yeah. build on what he did last year? Yep. Like they no, have, there are a lot of subplots. Yeah, they have a lot of interesting storylines. I would agree. I, I think Victor is, is for real. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. Oh, no. So, we got to go back to Boach, Brian. <laughs> oh, God. What now? At one point in the scrimmage, sources said, Butler turned to GM Scott Layden and screamed, You bleeping need me. You can't win without me. <laughs> Butler left teammates and coaches largely speechless. He dominated the gym in every way. Jimmy's back. <laughs> so, Do you still think he could be on the team as of next Wednesday? Hey, hey, he dominated the gym <laughs> in every way. So, yes, I do. Look, obviously, look, he, he, I, I'm, look, I get it. He's a dick, okay? I get it. But you can't argue that this dude can back up whatever the fuck he says. Oh, my Like, God. that's the one component we keep forgetting. We're laughing our asses off at everything that happened. But, like, have... have Legitimately, have we seen Jimmy Butler say th- something that he could not back up playing-wise? No, no, I mean, he's right. Like, he's the best player on that team right now. I fucking love that attitude. <laughs> I mean, it's he's a dick. Right. But I love it. Oh, man. If Dude. that doesn't tough up the kids, it's what does? It's not going to. It's going to make them check out even more. And that's a problem. I mean... Then you don't have, you know, then you don't, you have two young players who are just not, you know, built for it. Like, I think once he leaves, they will, they might start giving a shit more, but I think as long as he's there, yeah, there's just no way, man. This is, this is way too toxic. Oh, it's going to be a good weekend. I love this so much. I love it. I love that. I love this attitude. I love it. I think we, we need more players like him who just goes out and just. You know, <laughs> says it like it is, instead of being all you know politically correct in the locker room, in that way. Like oh my God. this one is, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, but but then again, I mean, this is partly me being very very down on Andrew Wiggins specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's not helping. No, it's wow. not. It's you not. You yeah. need me. You wow wow wow. I wow. love it. I, this is the you know I I almost never save tweets but this one I will yeah add to bookmarks yeah God a, this is this is great that is that is truly a masterpiece <laughs> my God oh, I love it <laughs> oh my God all right well 
I feel like that's probably a good place to end, right? I don't know how we top that. I'm, I don't either. I mean, Voach finishes off for us. It's perfect. Jimmy being Jimmy is, yep. is perfect. I love it. Jimmy's it's, back. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's back. Wow. Hey, you know what? That That's a good way to end it, actually, because, look, he got hurt at the end of the year. Yeah. And you were, we were all like a little bit worried if that injury turned out to not affect him, and he is the Jimmy of old. That's a better product. <laughs> that's you're right. That is true, man. Like well, he's fun. Well, we will be. I guess we'll be on call this weekend for Jimmy Butler trade news because it seems like it's got to happen at some point. Uh, but we will be back this weekend with our playoff predictions as well as a pod about the awards. We're gonna pick our. Front runners for every major award, break down the races, all that good stuff. So keep an eye out for that. You can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at Almighty Casts. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Hey, Mort. You effing need me to win. You can't win without me. <laughs> I, I will. I will never say otherwise, man. Never say otherwise. Uh, Have a good one, dude. You too, man. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clothes. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi oh! This next one's for you too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.